millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Get it together, John. What's up? Oh, my God. I can't get it together. I can't get it together. What is that joke about clapping and talking at the same time? You can't. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if we talked about this, but sometimes I clap in order to show Brad where the edits are, where they start and where oh. they end. But It's a visual reference. It's a me. visual reference, um, Pro Tools, but normally what I do is clap not loud enough so it just looks like someone's talking. and defeats, like a perp. <laughs> yeah, it defeats the entire point of doing it. Uh, so... Yeah, my my clap this time was, I would say, mediocre. I'm going to give it a... I've done worse. I'm going to give it a 65%. Yeah, that's how I feel. You guys are all listening to the real the real nitty-gritty here, the inner workings of how a podcast goes on. Well, well, this is the only technical thing I know about this podcast. It goes magically into that machine that has different colors on it, and then it comes out on iTunes. And then Brad Just goes like to that. it and takes out every cough or clearing of throat uh, because it annoys him. I, I, you know, I don't do that anymore. I was doing that back at the beginning when I had more time. I think it's better just letting it, letting it flow. I'm, I'm, <laughs> all right, I take that back. <laughs> I uh, mean, I did used to go in and auto-tune my track. You have done that, which is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steven, how's New Jersey treating you? Uh, like a baby treats a diaper. It's... No, it's fine. It's, it's a glorious. nice, it's a nice day to be out there, man. It's a beautiful today, day. Today is a beautiful day, which is this is the kind of day where I spend the rest of it trying to entice children who should want to go outside to get the fuck out of the house and go outside and do something. Do kids still play outside? Is that a thing? They try to, yeah, but they're like, yeah, I just want to. I'm just tired. Can we just stay here? Dude, like, if I, no, it's let's go outside. I will say that the thing they want to do most now is I took them through a car wash. And, and I used to love that too. It's the outdoor activity. And the kids, like today, they're like, Dad, maybe today after school, we can go through the car wash again. It, it is awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it is really, awesome. really cool. Uh, Stephen, let me ask you something. I, my, Vanessa found this video of me when I'm five years old. And she's like, my mom's like, what do you like to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll show it to you after. It's amazing. And she's like, you like Transformers, right? I was like, I love GoBots, Super GoBots. What are GoBots are like Transformers? Yeah, they were like they were like the the simpler version of Transformers. Not a lot of moving parts and stuff. Did they come before or after? Like so like around the same time. Okay, I was apparently really into GoBots. Hey man, GoBots are cool. I had a couple of GoBots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trans. I was man. I love Transformers, but it, it was 
it was like, well, how much more work can I put into something that's supposed to be fun? <laughs> yeah. Just make it a robot. <laughs> yeah, I was more into, I think, just watching the cartoons. I'd watched a lot. I remember I was a big G.I. Joe fan. Like, I read the comic. I had all the toys. Like, I, to- like, I worship G.I. Joe. And then I remember the, um, <clears throat> the cartoon came out and going, well, wait a minute. Everyone's using a laser gun and no one's dying? This is vastly different from the cartoon where bullets are actually flying. I mean, the comic book. And it turned out the comic book was written by actually like, like a former military guy, this comic writer named Larry Hama, who ended up writing Wolverine for years. So he just like kept this degree of realism. And then I went to a signing as a kid and asked him a question. And, and it turns out in back going back in time, I'm thinking I was a little asshole because I went, <laughs> why did you make Zartan actually turn invisible instead of like the holographic images you actually wrote into it? Because it adds a layer of fantasy that I don't think is needed. <laughs> How did he respond to that? <clears throat> He was like, I just wanted to, he was so cool about it. I was like a teenager and just like, you know, it was like so real before. And now this guy's got a cape. <laughs> it's not real. It's all garbage. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I totally forgot. Uh, just so, just to, to let everybody know, our new thing for, um, if you go to our website, there's a little button that says donate. We've always encouraged people, if you like the show. Give us a little money. Uh, the new thing we're trying and poaching from other podcasts is just a dollar an episode. If everybody who listens to each week wants to give us a dollar, you know, you know what you would what you would hurl at a homeless person. We would love to take that money and use it to uh, pay server costs, do all kinds of other things you don't need to know about. So just a dollar podcast. Go to the website, <laughs> click donate. There you go. I prefer using the like bartender barista analogy than the person that can't eat. <laughs> Homer. Here, take, take it. God damn it. Get some fucking food for yourself. Take that money Disgust that you would have me. given to someone who was down on their luck. <laughs> give it to us. <laughs> or do it. this as a fun hobby. Take that money you were going to donate to the Republican Party and give it to us. <laughs> they have plenty of money. Your dollar's not going to make a difference. Not one bit. I uh, just heard recently that like all the, the people, all the like the big donors to all the parties are just billionaires. Yeah. Which is kind of the like like the antithesis of what all the parties are saying, which is like, we need to help people get jobs and stuff, but I need millions of dollars to put up an ad that says, I'm going to get people jobs. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like if Wait, you, did you just say that the political reality is different than what the actual politicians are saying that it is? Holy shit. You blow my mind. This changes everything. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Is that really I, true? Brad, I've, I've quoted you so many times recently. A while ago, we were talking about something and you said, you know, if you just, if aliens just look down on our planet, they're just going to see just savages running around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are primitive and savages. We're completely We're true. Yeah, it is true. Speaking of savage riffs. Um, nice. Today in the podcast, <laughs> nice. today we have an incredibly goofy podcast, uh, recorded a little while ago with Mutoid Man. Uh, a lot of these guys have been, well, I guess Steve. Steve Brodsky from Caven, who's been on the podcast before. Great dude. Um, ben Kohler from Converge, who has played in the United Nations, also plays in All Pigs Must Die, is an old friend of mine. And Nick, I don't know how to pronounce Nick's last name, Kajio, but he uh, is a sound guy at St. Vitus, so I see him a lot. Um, and they're in this fucking crazy band um, called Mutoid Man, and they have a, their second record comes out. I don't know when this is, this is airing, but... Uh, the record comes out June 30th, 
and it's called Bleeder. And I have an advanced copy. It's super sick. And they're on the road, yeah, in June with um, Dillinger Escape Plan. Whoa. They're doing, uh, yeah, Washington, Philly, New York, and Boston, and they're playing the Masquerade, which is a festival. But, yeah, the album art's super trippy, the music's super trippy. They're all incredible, incredible musicians. Um, what is Mutoid Man? Was it like, is it, was it a band first, or was it like, did they, is it a comic, or is it a movie, or what the hell is it? All I know is that for some reason, the phrase dolphin cum came up in this podcast like 25 times. Dolphin cum? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I, I don't remember how or where, and I, I want to point the <laughs> finger at Nick a lot for this, but I remember it ending and being like, wow, that was <laughs> really weird, but fun. Well, dolphins are <laughs> horny fuckers. I mean, are they? That is true. Oh yeah. When I was when I was sixteen, I went down to the, the Dolphin Research Center and like worked with dolphins. <laughs> and when I got there, all it? we had to do was jerk them off. It was weird. <laughs> that is pretty no, weird. But, no, but we were actually told it was like me and literally sixteen chicks and nothing like <laughs> blew that one. Um, but we would like we would swim with dolphins and the, the trainers would be like, Don't don't like, you know. They have a thing called a genital slit. Don't touch it because then they will go crazy and attack you. <laughs> and I was like, what? Are you being serious or are you fucking yeah. with and us? and they said that dolphins are like the horniest creatures ever. Like when they when like they get aroused, like the male dolphins will like try to fuck a rock, like try to fuck coral, like go after anything. Like like baby boy dolphins will like go, mom's blowhole. Like they, it's... <laughs> Dolphin cum, that's that's an important thing for our time. Yeah, well, good. It's it's an issue you don't hear a lot about and one we explored a lot on this podcast. I'm sure very scientifically. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of data, a lot of pie charts, a lot of graphs. It's incredibly scientific. Shit, let's get to it. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, Mutoid Man. All right. Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. I'm here with Mutoid Man. Hi. Hi. Hello. It's nice to see you, Jonah. Nick, Ben, and Steve. How's it going, guys? Hello. It's going wonderful. <laughs> yes. And you guys are playing tonight with Russian Circles. Yes, at Music Hall of Williamsburger. That'll be exciting. Nine o'clock. And people may not know, Ben, you're in United Nations with me. Uh-huh. Um, That's a touchy subject. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> That's the only thing we're going to say about it. <laughs> Very controversial. Very controversial. Um, or maybe I wasn't in that band. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Maybe you weren't. I don't yeah. know. We, I think we we had a drummer that looked exactly like you. That yeah. was really good. Yeah. You had Ozzy playing drums? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Young Ozzy playing drums? I think it was Keanu Reeves. Wasn't that the rumor? <laughs> do you get do you get Ozzy a lot? I never even thought of that before. Sometimes. I've actually gotten Keanu Reeves more than Ozzy, which is weird because I don't really <laughs> see it. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, those are like cool ones, though. I've gotten like Paul Giamatti, <laughs> like Will Oldham, like Napoleon. Mine are always like the Paul most Giamatti like. Paul Giamatti is so, that's dude, so mean. I got Paul Giamatti and this was like when I was like 20. I was oh, like, that man. guy, that guy from Sideways. I was like, what? Seriously? Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. Sometimes I, think. I feel with those things like, keep it to yourself maybe. Yeah. Like if you think someone looks like, I don't know. The guy that plays like the schlubby loser in every movie. <laughs> What's that movie, Mask? Like, you look just like that guy. You look like Rocky Dennis. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame? That's kind of like you. Rudy. <laughs> 
So yeah, we're playing a show tonight at Music Hall of Bloomsburg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna pr- we're gonna promote it with this thing that's gonna come out like a month after the show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. Maybe uh, by then we'll have another show booked here, and we can talk about that. That would be great. Yeah. Can we think about where we might be playing then, and maybe we can promote that? Hopefully now. at Rubber Tracks. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so you guys obviously Converge, Cave In, Boston. You guys probably you guys, wasn't there like a Cave In Converge like crossover band for a while or something. Virgin. Yeah, it was kind of a failed project. Yeah. Uh, mm. It was really promising at first, and I think it was just a case of too many cooks in the kitchen, and people were just disagreeing with musical choices. And, you know, some people that weren't there when we started practicing heard the demos of what the people that were there had done and were like, hey, this is too whatever. There's too many guitars, or this is too guitar wanky worship kind of kind of deal. But then a couple of those jams ended up on a Converge record. Yeah, and then Convergent Cave-In started like, cherry-picking certain <laughs> things and just using it on our own record. So I guess it kind of worked out. Yeah. And I think there's still some stuff left over that Mutoid Man could use. So <laughs> Yeah, already tracked. We should go back go. and listen to those demos. <laughs> you yeah. did, you, did you guys know each other before you joined Converge? Um, you and Steve? I knew Steve just from watching him play riffs okay. in Cave-In at live shows where I was in attendance. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) We were actually just talking about this earlier. We shared an apartment together in Watertown. Yeah, we have a weird history. Yeah? Yeah. What what was that, like 2002? It was earlier than that. 2001? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the house in Watertown, Mass. It was me, Steve, and Kurt in the same house. It was a real slanty shanty. Tell the birthday cake story. (laughs) (laughs) You better tell it because I don't even remember. My most fond memory of the Watertown house is uh, Kurt offering Steve a piece of his birthday cake and Steve went and ate the entire thing (laughs) in one sitting and Kurt opened the fridge and it was an empty plate. He was like, what the fuck? Sounds about right. Yeah. Was it vegan birthday cake? It was vegan birthday cake. Yes. <laughs> so how did sort of how did you guys hook up with Nick and how did that sort of come together sexually? Yeah, yeah. It started as a sexual <laughs> no. thing in bed. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I mixed your first show at St. Vitus. It was Steve doing a solo show, and then Ben came up and what you played like the beat the what became the Mutoid Man EP. Yeah, it was kind of the first Mutoid Man show, and we were just a two-piece, yeah, and Nick was doing sound. And I think, bef- was it before that, that All Pigs Must Die played, and you mixed that, too? Yeah. And then I mixed you, yeah, I mixed you a couple times there, and uh, I think as a joke, I was sort of like, oh, if you guys need a bass player, let me know, <laughs> like, trying not to be a fanboy, because um, these dudes are my heroes. And then I you sent you us recordings of your rad band, yeah. and we're like, oh my god, this guy really does shred. So, yeah, just, and then, I don't know, a couple weeks later, Ben sent me some tracks to learn, and then we all wound up finding time to get into a room, and jammed, and it felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, because I got, like, a press release about you guys from Stephanie, and it was like, blah, 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 and it talked about your old band, and then it talked about, like, it mixes at St. Vitus. So I was like, no other fucking press would ever say this guy, like, mixes <laughs> yeah. at a club. This but guy it's has like, a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also has a job. But I feel like St. Vitus has rare. such a crazy, like, reputation. Yeah. And, like, the sound there's always so good. I feel like it totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I, you know, when I started working there, uh, so I worked with Dave Castillo at Macri Park, which is a bar not far from here. And when... When St. Vitus was opening, um, I had been working at some weird theater uptown, 
And they were just like, oh, we need someone to be in charge of sound there. Like, we don't have anybody and we're thinking about doing shows. And then, you know, within the first year, it started to get pretty good. And then the second year, shit exploded. And then just within this last year, we had Nirvana play there and, like, Converge has played there. Like, yeah. bands that shouldn't be playing. Against of course, me, we should be in the same category. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about Descendants playing there. Like, oh, the Saves right. a Day. Like, yeah. yeah, there's been some wild ones. Yeah. Yeah, no. So it's it's just been, like, I guess it does make sense. It's like a, a venue that sort of just exploded um and those guys like Artie and george are just they're doing everything right um when it comes to a venue they they are really fair with bands um they get good bands to play all the time and yeah they're just they're they're doing every, everything right there's so there. many fucking shows there too yeah it's basically like seven days a week yeah yeah and it's you're hard pressed to find one that you wouldn't at least want to maybe check out yeah you know? Such a good intimate live room to play yeah. in. It's like not too big, not too small. Yeah. It's kind of like the warm up spot, kind of like how stand up comics will do like a small club before mm-hmm. they do like their big comedy special and they like want to warm up somewhere. Yeah. Dillinger. Oh, yeah. Dillinger played there too. Oh, they did? Dillinger Escape Plan. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Fucking everyone. I just saw Grade there. there. Yeah. You saw Grade <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah. Grade just Why? There. Like two weeks ago. I love Grade. <laughs> Oh, of course you do. You love all the aid bands, Raid, Braid, fucking Slade. I was so excited there were other people there. I thought it was going to just be me. But people still was, like Grade? Dude, it was packed. I, I remember liking a couple songs and some comps in like 1999. Yeah. And such is progress. And such is progress. Love that record. Yeah, I did the liner notes for the reissue of Separate the Magnets, which was like the EP on Second Nature that came out after that. They just reissued it. Caven toured with them in 2000 really yeah wow was that like a u.s thing it was yeah yep uh right around when jupiter came out yeah. how was that how do you look back on that it was fun i mean for the cave we were sort of doing that stuff for the first time and it was kind of new and fresh so you know there was a little bit of trial and error but um yeah i mean they were fun to tour with definitely um so what do you guys listen to? You're in the van driving here. Backwards. So mostly YouTube videos. Yeah. Of Randall. Randall going to jail. It's so catchy. Today we were listening to a lot of freestyle like there were a lot of like 80s dance hits yeah there okay. was like some fucking technotronic going on nintendo music yeah sour beth was djing and put, yeah. put on some good some good tunes uh man, yeah a fun. little bit of everything i guess yeah i think if you shuffled any one of our ipods it'd be like the most schizophrenic fucking <laughs> weird thing you've ever heard in your life yeah. well just because like i feel like knowing like sort of knowing you guys like i know you I play heavy music but obviously like you love like a lot of pop punk i know you guys love listen to a lot. some pop punk <laughs> i finally got to meet fat mike yeah this summer yeah how was that it was, he, you, he was he was being fat mike he was passed out on a couch right here when he did the podcast <laughs> for like an hour he said hey you're converge we're kind of like label mates right because of epitaph and we're like yeah yeah how you doing nice to meet you you guys want some drugs they immediately went there <laughs> yeah like, that sounds right. about right wow <laughs> have you uh have you seen the descendants documentary yet i saw like three no no no. i finished it yeah yeah, yeah it was fucking great pretty cool really really great i didn't realize all that shit that happened to bill stevenson like the the brain stuff and yeah, he never. Really, I sort of knew about it, but it, yeah, you never really talked about it. Yeah, I thought it was more just like a you know an overweight complications right. kind of health thing. I didn't realize he had like a giant 
tumor or growth in his brain that they had Yikes. to remove. That was the size yeah. of like a softball, Oof. just like weighing on his brain for months and months and not knowing why his head hurt and just dealing with it. That's it's, crazy. It is crazy. And then and he's I, so coherent now. Like he's, he seems like good as new. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, can you tell that story about, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible storyteller. Meeting Carl Alvarez. Didn't you meet him at like a gas station or something? Oh yeah. And I think it was Boulder, Colorado. Converge was on tour. Yeah. It was a long time ago, maybe like 2001. I don't know why I remember this, but yeah, <laughs> we were both stuck in the same snowstorm. The highway shut down and like Kevin Baker from the Hope Conspiracy walked over with this like grizzly looking dude just who was like, was all like hunched over and shivering. Like he, he, he just told him, like, you got to come and meet some people. And he brought him over to our table. And she's like, hey, I'm Carl. I was like, oh, my God, I love you. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much conversation going on. It was, it was kind of just like shivering and anxiety and not knowing what to say. But yeah, and we met Bill for like a second. He was in the box truck just being, being a yeah, weirdo. Yeah. They just played, a, only crime, I think, played at Vitus kind of recently, right? Yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, were, yeah. You, were you working that show? I, I wasn't. I, was, um... I don't think I've ever been there when you're not doing sound. Yeah, I'm there, like, unless I'm touring or, like, I have another sound gig, like a touring sound gig, um, I'm there as much as I can be. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a great place to work. It's fun. So, but, yeah, I missed that show, which I was kind of bummed about. Actually, no, that was the one. We were there. We Yeah, we did show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should, yeah, we showed up. That was after rehearsal. I was embarrassed to say I was there and I didn't watch them. I was, like, right there. Yeah. And I, I like, looked over a couple times, I'm yeah. ashamed to say, but I didn't actually watch them. It happens. Uh, yeah. Okay, I've so never like really sat down and listened to them. I mean, on, on paper, I should really like them. Well, that's right. That's an old dude from Converge too, isn't it? Yeah, in it's Aaron. Band? I think he's still in that band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Russ from Good Riddance, right? Yep. I've always loved me some Good Riddance. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. Well, first four records, I kind of stopped listening after that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Comprehensive Guide was great. Forgotten Country was okay, the first one. That was the first one, right? Yeah, Forgotten Country. And, and then, then Operation Ma Phoenix was pretty good. Wasn't there like a Guide to Rebellion? Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Operation Phoenix was where they started to lose me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to talk about the GoPro videos you've been doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I feel like people are so into those. And I feel like, how did that sort of come about? For some reason, I remember for a while we were talking about getting helmet cams just because we thought it would be funny. And so I went to Walmart and I, I borrowed a GoPro, meaning I was going to just use it and then return it after two weeks. They have a 15-day return policy on electronics. <laughs> so for one Mutoid Man tour, I, just, I, I went to Walmart, grabbed a, grabbed a GoPro. It was like fucking 400 bucks. I'm like, this is awesome. I can just borrow this for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and so I used it. You got the chest piece too. Yeah, yeah, and I noticed they had this thing called a chesty, and it was a chest strap, and the camera mounts on your chest. I'm like, whoa, that's fucking rad. And so I tried it out at a couple shows, and the videos looked really cool, and they actually sound really good too, which is crazy because the thing's so small. And the mic actually picks up pretty good, pretty good live sound. Yeah. The drum, it's like, it like compresses it and makes it sound yeah, like a really yeah, tight Yeah, like drum everything's kit. pretty mm -hmm. discernible. Yeah. And so, um, even the rehearsals you recorded with it, like you can clearly hear like guitar bass yeah now, now we use it to like we like film our practices and watch them back and just to you know just to get like get, get tight on football stuff tapes like, <laughs> it's like watching sports ball sports ball yeah and then actually a dude that works for gopro just randomly got a hold of me is like hey these, these are awesome and like sent me a couple more cameras and yeah just started doing them with converge too and I, I have a ton of footage still didn't you just get hit up like yesterday 
Yeah, Again? and then another guy from GoPro was like, "Want to send you more cameras? Want to get you on the channels, music channels, or whatever?" Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, have yeah, you guys started doing great. something where you guys like all wear them and then edit it together for some kind of? We were going to last night at the Sinclair, but they, I guess they have like sort of one of those like no filming policies, or you have to pay like a five hundred dollar filming fee or something. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe we'll try to get these guys are all smart. wearing GoPros right now. You can't see it. <laughs> GoPro, 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 GoPro. I get a hundred dollars every time I say GoPro. So GoPro. GoPro, I love GoPro. GoPro is awesome. GoPro, GoPro music. GoPro, GoPro. I just made a few grand. Easy money. But no, it's been super cool. Like the, it's, it's kind of like having a little like online portfolio on YouTube of like, you know, drumming. Yeah. It's weird to see things from your perspective, like uh-huh. especially someone who doesn't play drums. It's like, it's hard to understand what's happening yeah it just, it's so fast looks like a muppet yeah 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 it's it, it's it's cool to have that angle you just don't you don't ever really see that so it's yeah. just like the guy in the back unless it's like a drum clinic type video that's all stale and and it's the full experience too because you see the hair coming down <laughs> you know that's true yeah so you guys assigned with sergeant house Yes. We were just out there. We stayed at Kathy's house. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. When we played in LA like last month and mm-hmm. when we ended up, they have like bunks there and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Wait, did you stay in the desert or her other, or her Echo Park place? Echo Park. Okay. Yeah. Not the, the farm. The the farm family stuff is crazy. Really? I don't, know, I don't know very much about that. It's like this thing in, is it in Joshua Tree? It's, it's somewhere in the desert in California and yeah. she's making like a whole like band compound out no there with, with like airstreams and she's building a recording studio and like bunks and stu- it's fucking great yeah. it's so, so cool. cool yeah yeah you just weird around in the desert with some dogs and stay in your airstream and swim in the 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 pool and yeah write music all day looks amazing yeah it seems pretty perfect <laughs> yeah so is this like i mean obviously you guys have other bands i mean is this is this sort of like the push for mutoid man and then as often as you can do it because obviously converge and cave kind of is still doing stuff and yeah, I think it's going to be full on at least for the next like month to really buckle down and make a new record, which we're going to do in January with Kurt. Oh, nice. Kurt Ballou, uh, at God City. God City. I get $100 for that too. God City. God, God City. City. <laughs> God City. God City. Yeah. Um, we want the record to come out sometime in 2015. And already we have uh, a show booked for the spring um, on the West Coast. So. Yeah, there's already stuff in the works uh, for next year, and we're all just stoked to do it as much as we can. Recording with Kurt, yeah. one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Really? I were, was were you so intimidated? Intimidated. He can be an intimidating guy. I can see that. Yeah, the, especially when you're on the spot. He you was record super, everything separate, and like yeah. it's, your, it's your turn to do your thing. And mm-hmm. he was super nice. Yeah, he's he's really calm about he it. Would, you know, I think I taught. He would say stuff like. Uh, did you play that part wrong? Is it supposed to sound wrong? <laughs> wow. That's so typical. <laughs> and, that sounds and I would be right. like, well, it's not supposed to sound wrong. So I guess I played it wrong. I was like, all right, try it again. And I tried it again. It's like, you see him push that button and his voice comes <laughs> on. Um, um, that part just sounds weird to me. Or maybe it's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> like those kind of comments. Yeah. If I try to get, try to get, be like, well, that was worse. Yeah. I'm like, yep, yeah. I know. Okay. But then he's really good at like troubleshooting and, yeah. and kind of giving you suggestions. Yeah. And he, doing he, like he a def- little bit of producing. Yeah. He definitely know. like helped make the songs better. Yeah. He's kind of like a producer without being a producer. He just sort of yeah. like throws stuff in there that works. You know, he's just got such a good ear for it. I was just, yeah, it's just nervous just being in that room, just one-on-one. Yeah. And not really knowing him very well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it must be crazy to re- 
record with him though you guys must have such a crazy kind of like understanding of the way each other play oh to- yeah at this point i mean i've done so many records there like the un record and like the acid tiger record and all pigs must die always records there and all the converge records except for uh jane doe and the ones before it but yeah i mean yeah we're pretty comfortable with each other at this point is he still in the same space um he's still up in salem yeah nice yeah. he just moved but um not the studio just because his apartment was upstairs and he's turning that into like band housing which is really cool so you can go and record there and then stay upstairs oh that's awesome yeah so is converge sort of taking a break right now or no no No? we have we have a tour with at the gates coming up in march for a couple weeks um which should be fucking rad and then we have some european stuff that hasn't been announced yet coming up in the spring so yeah we're still doing stuff the the songwriting is slowed down a little bit but we'll get to it eventually just everyone's having kids and moving and, I know, man. you know, just being busy. So you just moved back from L.A. What did you think of L.A.? If people are thinking about moving there, what would you say? Oh, man. Well, I guess my biggest criticism is that I didn't really get along with anyone that I met there, aside from the people that I already knew that lived there. Really? Just the, the mentality is really strange. And there's a lot of like, so what do you do? Like, just like, just like in Swingers, dude, like, what do you drive? Like the same shit. It's so crazy. Like, really? the pressure to like make as much money as possible and just stepping on everyone along the way is, is that's definitely there. Like that struggle is real. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, dude. That's like, insane. like we'd go to, the, we'd go to like the playground and they'd ask Marguerite, my wife, like, so uh, what does your husband do? Like weird probing and stuff. Whoa. Like what, like what can I get out of you? Like, who are you? Like, what are you into? Like, how can I use you to better myself? Jeez. There's a lot of that going on. Okay. Weather's awesome. I love tacos. Mexican breakfast everywhere. Oh my fucking God. I I miss it. I hate the winter. I hate being back here, but I love it. I read this article recently that was like sort of about that. That was like when you, you shouldn't really ask someone what they, like when you ask someone what they do, like out the gate when you meet them, it's almost like you're like, are you worth my time? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And I read it and I was like, it's totally true. And now I'm trying to just, now I try to be like, where are you from? Where do you live? Like, which I guess is also maybe your probing status in a way but maybe it's more abstract or like less it happens a lot in new york too totally i don't think i've ever asked anybody what they do for a living i feel like just like a small talk though sometimes you're like because it is sort of like it's what does this person do all day it's like it's not necessarily like but it is like kind of loaded i guess yeah i just i guess i've never really like i feel like a conversation would naturally go there if yeah if if it were going to you know weird yeah just it's just the way that it goes there in yeah. la is like immediately yeah, yeah. like yeah exactly what you said is it worth my time to be talking to you like yeah. are you worth it uh i gargle hot dolphin cum <laughs> down, <laughs> down at the beach yeah i'm uh, dolphin cum gargler down yeah. at sea world yeah. um a prestigious position down there <laughs> they've actually changed it to a uh, semen world uh, <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> yeah. i about really cornered the market <laughs> oh, dolphin cum. I get paid $100 every time I say that. Dolphin cum, dolphin cum, dolphin cum, dolphin cum. Who's paying? Is that SeaWorld? <laughs> Semen yes. World, you mean. <laughs> oh, dolphin cum. <laughs> and you guys live in Brooklyn. How do you guys feel about that? Um, It's way too expensive and there's no culture here anymore. There, I said it. Um, no, actually, Sarah Beth and I are planning on moving upstate in the spring. Oh yeah. Um, and it's mostly just because it's a little crazy rent down here and, 
you know, we've even all talked about it where it's like you, you live in New York city and you live in Brooklyn for a reason, you know, to enjoy all the things here, like the amazing restaurants that you can find anywhere and clubs, bars, whatever, but you wind up having to work your ass off just to afford any of that. And you wind up not being able to do much of it anyway, unless you have some like crazy job or, you know, something like that where you're making a lot of money. It's, it's like a rich people city, you know, yeah. it, it's a city for wealthy people or people whose parents or whatever are like helping them out to stay here. You know, it's tough. It's a tough place to live. Yeah. Not that I don't like it. I love it. It's awesome, but just very unjustifi- unjustifiably expensive. I think. Yeah. And even being away, not living here for like two years, just in two years, I can't believe how much crazier it's it crazy. is. There's a Starbucks around the corner from here on Union. Ugh. There's one on North 7th now. It's like, I feel like every time you walk down the street, it's like some other crazy thing. Like, where does yeah, this come the, from? They're all mm-hmm. moving in. Yeah. They're, sur- they're surrounding all the, all the cool stuff and all the culture and just stomping it out. So you guys yeah. think about like just getting a compound upstate? Just waiting for that call, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, I'm up in Woodstock now. It's super chill. I actually have space. You know, it's, it's very affordable. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of cool, like, art and music and, you know, outdoor activities and cool stuff. Lots of little towns with their own little scene going on. Yeah. It's just nice to have space. Yeah. You know, especially needing, like, a, like a music layer, like a drum drum cave is pretty important to me. So. Do you have a like a nice setup there? Oh yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Little setup in the basement. Nice. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean I love Brooklyn. I feel like I've really grown as a human just in general after moving here three years ago from Boston. Um but yeah, it's a roller coaster. It's a financial roller coaster, and uh, it just gets really tricky sometimes to navigate around. But you know, my home life with my girlfriend is really good, and we just try to figure out ways around it. And it's a really great city for her to be in because she does video, and there's all kinds of opportunities for her here. And I mean, I guess I'm thinking about it now, and I don't know that this band would have come together like it did if i hadn't moved to new york so i'm really thankful for that you know yeah probably not how did it how did, where did the kind of the idea come from just well so in 2005 that's when i was playing in cave right yes in 2005 i did like three tours with cave we did like a world tour u.s europe and japan and so we you know we had been playing together already for a little bit and then just sort of started jamming here and there and wrote like little things. And then once he moved here, it was like, yeah, let's, let's just fucking do something, just get in a room and see what happens. And it just, everything came so naturally that it was a no brainer to just call it something, keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I mean, it was just Ben and I in that tiny little closet of a rehearsal space. Um, I had a place to put my full stack and we just came up with some stuff that, like you said, we were just really excited about and kind of wanted to take it a little beyond just a recording project or a side project. And that's when we got Nick involved. And yeah. Yeah. The response to the EP has been crazy. It was basically just like a, a practice based demo, you know, that we re- recorded all of it ourselves. You know, so it's, it's crazy that, that people enjoy it. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Steve, are you still doing like solo stuff at all? You know, I try to have a show lined up maybe like once a month um if 
they're really worth doing um, for several reasons. You know, I just love to play and keeps the calluses on my fingers. Um, I've been playing sometimes with this woman, Emily, uh, who plays keys and sings, and she's an amazing musician, and she just really kind of boosts the the whole vibe of the show. Um, I don't know how much of it I'll be able to do next year with Mutoid Man, and, you know, looks like Caven is going to do some more stuff. Um, but, again, I just try to keep it on the radar for when it sort of feels like it's worth doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. What about you, Nick? Any solo stuff? Um, <clears throat> skin flute solos, mostly. Well, Sarah Beth and I, uh, she's on tour with us singing a Dio song. We, um, we're in a Dio cover band together. That's kind of been on the back burner just because members have like kind of come and go, but, uh, we're, slowly sort of trying to work on stuff for her because she's a really 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 incredible singer so we're sort of <clears throat> slowly gotten together a few times with our friend james uh who i used to be in a couple bands with and uh just writing some like rock jams for her to belt on you know nice um but right now yeah i'm just focused on work before we move and then once i move i'm gonna have a lot of extra time so maybe then i can start you know fiddling with things i'm not much of a songwriter you know i'm really bad at it (laughs) Uh, i can write riffs really like you know one after another but um yeah you wrote probably our favorite new riff good with riffs songwriting i don't i don't know i you know like it's weird uh Growing up, I would always listen to the drums first in a song and then like I'd memorize like the whole melody of guitar solos and, and, you know, that stuff. And even to this day, songs where I could like every drum hit, I could like know where it's coming. Still don't know one single word to that song. You know, it's weird. It's just the way that my brain's always kind of worked. Doesn't mean I, you know, I still love making music. Totally. Yeah, songwriting can be like a bit of annoying, like math problem sometimes. Yeah, it kind of it's kind of hard because you don't want it to sound just like part after part, but it, yeah, yeah. Like, and you don't want to be too basic, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, right, right. louder yeah. chorus, or you don't want to be too formulaic with it. Yeah, and you just have to like do a lot of trial and error, and yeah, sometimes parts work and parts don't work, and sometimes people get attached to parts, but the other person doesn't like that part, so you got to ditch the part, but then the part comes back because yeah. you reworked the part and. It's yeah, a lot of just a lot of bullshit like that. I mean, the best part is when it's done yeah. and you get to play it live and you have the muscle memory from playing it so many times you can just lay into it, you know. But it's also good playing I know like playing with Ben, it's like you can kind of play anything and Ben will make it sound cool. Yeah. Play, like, <laughs> Pretty much. Be like yeah. smiling and playing like, the hardest thing ever and you're like, Oh, this part sounds amazing. It's just one chord. <laughs> I mean, it's a wild ride with this guy, you yeah. know? I'm just like holding on to the reins, like white knuckling it the whole time. <laughs> Well, it's just fun looking back and like watching you play too, because you're just having a blast. Oh, the feeling is mutual, guys. It's just like, whoa. This is my favorite group of musicians ever. Yeah. Oh, man. My it's a fun band. I, I, yeah. can hum, I can yeah. hum any squiddly biddly binkity bop and they'll just recreate it on their instruments so, <laughs> so fast. It's crazy. <laughs> like, not, there's no like out of bounds. It's like, sky's the limit. Squiddly bop. <laughs> What's it been like? For, have you guys toured with Russian Circles before? No, no. What's it? Because I know, like, I've known those guys for a long time too, and like, those guys are such incredible musicians too. Yeah. Especially, really like, good. The way yeah. They what look a fucking great live band. Oh yeah. my yeah. god. Yeah. Sound. They sound unbelievable. Like, yeah. They sound fucking 
I mean, especially for a three piece, it's so insane how much is going on. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. They're, they have such good tones dialed in the, the parts they write are interesting. Uh, the loop pedal stuff the guitarist does with the drummer like i can't just i, I, can't, I can't even believe that he doesn't use like in-ears or anything he just goes along with the, the loop it's that's so hard to do and yeah. like they just keep layering guitars over over themselves it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah they're like the nicest dudes too yeah so best sweet. dudes that's a, yeah they're pretty rad yeah i haven't seen them in a while i'm excited to see them tonight yeah yeah so you're gonna come i'm gonna come all right yeah, yeah. dolphin come sweet <laughs> We've had this is awkward. We're kind of out of guest list spots, so uh, yeah. I'm actually on on the headliners list. Oh, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> burn, reburn. Not Shit. even a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I might catch it backstage uh, or something. Yeah, maybe just, yeah, if we have time. Not you know. first. You know. I'm just doing this for the GoPro money. So <laughs> GoPro, 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 and YouTube, 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 <laughs> GoPro. So has have you gotten like a lot of reactions from like strangers for the GoPro stuff, like? people who have tried to like get in touch with you or like people who are like this is like it seems like it's gotten a lot of views just like and write-ups outside of just yeah i mean i i feel like it's been so beneficial and like this person from a a multi-channel network on youtube got a hold of me and was like we want you in our like multi-channel network whatever that means (laughs) and i'm like oh okay and yeah i mean i feel like you know like drum companies have been maybe responding to it too like I, i just signed with with tama and like all this other cool stuff is happening and maybe that has something to do with it because it's something that you can just go to and, well, yeah, and, they, and and check out you know they want their name like if if you're getting so many views just on on those videos themselves you know they're gonna be like oh shit we could slap our name uh, he uses tama drums or you know whatever and yeah they want to get in on it yeah Th- those those views are like corporate catnip just man they all just meat. they just want to keep oh views views this is viral media ooh, yeah. ooh. speaking exposure, of exposure reach oh you got a good reach i like your reach <laughs> speaking of views can we talk about uh kids on youtube covering your guys's songs what mutoid man no, no, maybe or not mutoid man but other bands just in general what is that like and how many of them are just like so wrong most of them are playing? really wrong yeah but some of them are good I've seen a lot of drum covers that are that are that are pretty good. A yeah. lot of them are really bad, <laughs> but the fact that they're out there is so weird and awesome. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how close people get. There are some people that sometimes get really close, and it's almost creepy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then other times, it's uh, yeah, it's far enough enough the mark that you still sort of feel good, like ah, I still. Still got whatever I do to sort of make it sound unique that someone else can't just duplicate. Right. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't see that many covers floating around out there, but um, I don't know. I it always fascinates me. Did you see the? um, I think it was a Japanese wedding of the 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 band covering the Converge song Concubine. Amazing! Wow! Oh, you got to find that. It's it's crazy. Like everyone's wearing suits. It's like a nice event, you know, white tablecloths. You know, someone's getting married. It's really nice and intimate. And then all of a sudden, the fucking wedding band plays Concubine, and people are like moshing. Are you serious? Yeah, it's awesome. That rules. I think it's. I think it was in Japan. Yeah, must have been. (laughs) Yeah, where else could that happen? Yeah, with bagel foreheads and shit. There's also a guy that does in, he does incredible covers uh, just on a on a on a keyboard of Converge songs. That's really impressive. Really? Yeah, he does like Mastodon songs and a whole bunch of other bands. He's really really good, and he gets really angry, and you can just hear him like like you almost hear his hands smashing over the sound of the keyboard. 
it's really good. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's really cool. How's your uh how's your poker game? Uh it's fallen by the wayside, man. Really? No time. Yeah. Uh I wanted to get into poker for a while and Ben was like, Read this book and this book was like as big as I was. <laughs> oh, was it was it Super System? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I tried to read it. I gave it back to you. I tried to read it for like a couple months. I was like, I can't it just none of it. I couldn't follow it. Well the problem with that book is that it's all different variations of poker and not like if you wanted to just learn Texas Hold'em in particular. You could, you know, just check out that one chapter and that's not very long, but that game has like, that book has all these other different variations because there's so many. There's like seven card stud and Omaha and Omaha high low and Badoogie and Raz and all these other crazy variations. Badoogie. The most popular one is No Limit Hold'em though. So you you can get books that just focus on that or there's forums online that you can learn a lot from. Do you like, do you still play a lot? (laughs) Barely ever. Really? Yeah. Maybe like a tiny bit here and there. I just have no time. Because it seems like when we were talking, the strategy was more like you just have to wait a lot. Like you only want to play if you get like certain like three or four different hands or something. Well, every time I, I've been I've been to Vegas a bunch in the past few years. And every time I'm there, I play like a motherfucker because it's just so easy. Yeah. Because it's a lot of tourists and you can just play like a pretty simple ABC game at the low stakes and just, you know, pay for your trip. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like last time I was there, I, I paid for it was after um, punk rock bowling. Okay. I went to punk rock bowling after a show Converge played in Seattle on the way home and just paid for my trip just playing a few days of poker. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. But I mean, it, t- it, it takes a long time to get used to, like, especially the live setting because it's, it's actually really stressful to play live. Like online, you know, you're, you don't see anybody. You can right. just play your game. But like, like live poker, people definitely try to like punk you out and everyone puts on the sunglasses and their hoodies really <laughs> like everyone looks like they're a professional poker player but they've really like never played in their life they're just trying to look like the guys on tv you know so it's all intimidating yeah do you do you do you like put your like hair over your face no 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 i just i'm just like this four races <laughs> when i put sunglasses on i can't see the cards i can't see the suits i don't know how people play with sunglasses on yeah so dark fucking bastards <laughs> Oh man, um, during class, you guys wanted to kind of any other topics? I mean, I feel like we hit poker, GoPros, Dolphin Come, Dolphin Come, um, United Nations. Talked a little bit United about that. United Nations. How's it going, by the way? It's going good. Yeah, yeah. we just uh, we played Fest, and Sweet. then we did a couple weeks. Wait, ago. there's a Fest called Fest. The Fest, the one oh, in, in Gainesville. Right? Oh, yeah. okay. Descendants played. Like, oh, hot, nice. hot Water played. Melvins. Lifetime. We played. Yeah, our showcase. Melvin's headline. It was like us, Coliseum, Melvin's Horrors, and uh, Circle Tech Square. Sick. And then, yeah, and then we flew out to the West Coast and did a couple weeks. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was pretty fun. Um, I haven't seen Lucas in a while. Lucas, yeah, he's up in like the Maryland area. Mm -hmm. He's around. He comes down here once in a while, but he's got like a really nice setup up there. But, um, yeah. Trying to think. Uh, yeah, we talked about the the new record that we're gonna do, and yeah. So this is show. And was it how? When did you guys kind of have you been writing it kind of sporadically? Because I feel like writing a full length is like a lot more work than just recording practices or whatever. It's been really easy. It's been really? like the writing process has been so, like when we sit down and write together, it's so, it happens so fast. Yeah. Like like I feel like all, when I was in L.A., these guys were just like furiously writing riffs and so there's just a a massive riff bank to draw from and then we just sort of arrange stuff and yeah our friend jeff has really helped us out too uh he works at this backline company in queens but they also have like a huge like live rehearsal room 
Um, and he's got like a pro tools rig and like this whole setup. And, um, so, you know, he just, he lets us just go there. Um, he throws up, you know, like 11 or 12 room mics, uh, and we can pick whatever drum kit we want, whatever combination of amps we want and just set it up in the room. And he basically just hits go. Um, and, we'll record our entire jam and then, you know, we'll be like, okay, Jeff, you know, this will be a take of the whole song, the whole idea. And he just cuts it up. And then like later that night, he just emails us the tracks and it's like, holy shit, it's really convenient. Um, the mixes sound great. Uh, it, it's a really awesome way to demo things and to just like have those ideas and work on them. It makes it really quick. Yeah. Having a good sounding demo is so key. Yeah. And, like writing songs faster and better. I feel like so many times if you don't, record that stuff you just you forget a lot of it yeah sorry to say but like with uh like when acid tiger would write songs my other band uh from a while back we would just write for like four hours one night and then like the next day we'd get together and be like what did we do and like no one could remember (laughs) dude i actually actually listened to that record like a couple months ago i haven't spun it in a while it's pretty awesome is it yeah i liked it at the time it held up pretty good I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, the, the the shittiest thing about it is like that record was sort of like our demo and I've, everything we started writing after that I feel like was so much better and we just never had a chance to record any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any, a lot of songs on the new record that like are a struggle to kind of play live or that you have to be like, ugh, why did we put this on here? It's so hard or not really. The Mutoid songs? Yeah. Um, th- there's some tricky stuff in there yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the hardest parts is that it's all new and there's no deep muscle memory to kind of connect with. Um, so a lot of it's just sort of like trial and error right there on stage. Um, but it's, it's a very welcoming challenge for me, especially when I feel like I actually pull something off from the record. It's like a pretty big sense of accomplishment, you know? (laughs) Um, and some of the new stuff I feel like is going to just be that all over again just trying to find my bearings and, oh man, how am I going to pull this off? So, um, without embarrassing myself or these guys. Never. Yeah. I always like to write parts that I can't really play yet you yeah. know, when writing new songs and that eventually you play them enough and then yeah, you can play them eventually. But I just like to make it so hard that I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do it. And then after a few months, it's like, oh, I don't know why I ever thought this was hard. You know, I just yeah. like sort of hammer through it. Yeah. Like Friday the 13-8, the song is in 13-8 which was very, very weird at first. And I don't 13, even remember. 13, 8? Yeah. yeah. So you kind of like, um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Okay. And then when you think you have that down, it's kind of weird. Ben goes, okay, let's inverse that and go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah, there's, there's some math involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems really Com- like complicated at first and really difficult but once you just like get into that once you get into the groove it, it starts to just feel like four four like a regular yeah. normal time signature it's weird how that happens at first you're like wait you're just struggling to like count as you play yeah yeah but then you'd wind up not able, like that the newest sweet ivy the new one yeah that's in five like it just doesn't feel like doesn't it feel like, yeah it just feels like yeah you're just like whatever yeah yeah grooving yeah it becomes more about like this little, these little increments of space of five. And it's more of like a feeling that you just sort of groove with. And I think playing live actually helps it too, because I mean, I don't like to just sort of stand like feet planted on the stage. I like to kind of move around, 
sweat a bit and have fun. So it actually kind of helps me learn the songs a little bit more to kind of like almost like dance to it, you know? You got sweet dance moves too. <laughs> Definitely busted my crotch a few times. <laughs> it's getting drafty down here. <laughs> a pair of jeans. Yeah, man, that's the worst. I've been wearing tights under my jeans, which is nice because you stay warm. And then if you have holes under them, you can't really. No big deal. Yeah. I got the same thing going on. Yeah. And you're that guy that's like not complaining about winter. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. People here are really annoying about it. Yeah. I'm just like, do you own thermals? Huh? Yeah. No? Okay. Well, shut up. Go out and buy $30 thermals and... You know, winter's fine. It's true, man. <laughs> Dude, I literally wore fucking shorts and a sleeveless shirt every single day for a year. And I come back here and I'm like, God damn, I need, fucking, <laughs> I need a hat. I need gloves. I need long underwear. I need a pair of pants. I need warm socks. I need warmer shoes. I need a thermal undershirt. Then I need a shirt. Then I need a hoodie. Then I need a jacket over that and maybe a scarf. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so much fucking gear. Yeah. So much fabric. I know. But what does your husband do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've, been, we've been over this. Come gargler. Come, come gargler and sea <laughs> They got to keep those animals docile somehow. I mean, have you seen that? Have you seen that blackfish documentary? Trying to blow it's, a whale. <laughs> Why do you think the ocean's so salty? It would just it would like knock you out. It would just be like. Bleh. Wasn't there a guy that broke into SeaWorld and fucked a blowhole and got sucked under and died? Or was no that an way. urban legend? I hope it's not. I hope it happened. I like to think that actually happened. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, it's, I bet you something like that's, I bet you humans have tried to fuck every possible species Duh. of anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. If there's a wormhole, someone's tried to fuck yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Most likely they're Scottish. <laughs> that's fucked up, man. I'm totally You kidding. just alienated all of our Scottish fans. <laughs> uh, I just like always go back to the sheep fucker thing. <laughs> Please Classic. elaborate. Classic. I don't. I don't know. I, I something with my oldest brother. He used to be like, "Oh, it's blah blah blah." Then a Scottish sheep fucker, and I, was like, I don't even remember what the context was. But you'd always talk about Scottish sheep fuckers. Sorry. I love Scottish people. The Royal Mile is my favorite place in the world. Yeah, I've never been over there. Yeah, I, I remember. I went over with one of my brothers and my mother when I was like twelve, and we climbed uh, King Arthur's Seat, which is like this it's not really a mountain it's like a giant hill in edinburgh uh that has like this plaque at the top like a memorial thing for king arthur it's really it was really cool my bright brother and i like fucking raced each other up to the top when we had a bunch of energy and scotland's beautiful yeah it was really really cool. so green yeah have you guys thought about doing any international stuff with metoid man yeah definitely we're yeah. just trying to whatever do, do everything now you know yeah whatever comes our way yeah love to get over there do some festivals some club shows we talked about um touring in the winter and we're just like you know why don't we do our best to make our way to like australia and new zealand where it's summer and then that's a way to actually tour in the winter without risking your life yeah that's <laughs> um, a good point yeah which australia. we did was it last year yeah yeah, I think it was last year. Steve was playing in Old Man Gloom and uh, Converge went with Old Man Gloom over to Australia and New Zealand in February. And like the day after we left, like the biggest fucking snowstorm ever hit the East Coast. And so, you know, my, my wife and daughter were home, like no power, like 30 degrees inside. And I'm like Ugh. bungee jumping and white, <laughs> whitewater rafting and like dancing on a beach. And I'm like, 
<laughs> oh, so how's it going, honey? Um, well, it's all right. It's fine, I guess. This weather's all right. Like, I felt bad telling her what I was doing. It's just right. like, like frozen, like no power at home. Oh, yeah. Yvonne was like trying to dig my car out of all this snow after it had been broken into <laughs> calling a friend to like tape up the window and it's like midnight and it's freezing Ugh. and i'm just like yeah so that's, uh... we're like at hobbiton like the, the set of lord of the rings fucking having having a beer in the in the uh what's in the, the little bar, bar in lord yeah. of the rings the the green dragon they have an actual green dragon there that no has, has a bar and they can like, give you beers wow when you did the tour it's so it was so it was magical bad. having a terrible yeah. time honey. yeah i felt Don't so guilty yeah. felt so guilty uh, so yeah every february we're gonna make it a point to try to go to either australia new zealand maybe southern california hawaii you should go out with integrity what you should go out with integrity yeah yeah okay <laughs> i love i love integrity yeah yeah i think that was the last tour they might have done like was that one with converge maybe the last international one i think they've been doing a little bit have of they? stuff here and there I yeah all pigs must die played with them in connecticut a couple years ago um was that was the last time i saw those guys i think they still do stuff here and there did Is, they just do a new record uh did i make that I don't up i think so you guys gotta roll soon yeah we soundcheck. should probably roll over to soundcheck pretty soon Awesome. Dolphin come. GoPro, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get in? A, you want to get in a couple more? Dolphin come. Um, BenKohler.com redirects to my YouTube page. YouTube, where I have my YouTube videos that I took with my GoPro on YouTube. <laughs> BenKohler.com. B-E-N-K-O-L-L-E-R.com. YouTube, GoPro. Dolphin come. Wow, I don't know what happened there, but something happened. Dolphin, Dolphin Kong. Kong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm more impressed by Steven's firsthand knowledge of Dolphin Come. Me, I feel, I, I am too, but I'm used to being around Steven. I feel like I can bring up literally any subject and Steven will have like an anecdote or fact about it or like, so I'm almost, I'm almost expected at this point. Yeah. We had, we had an intern at, at years ago who would just get so annoyed by it and go, yeah, yeah, we get it. You've lived a lot of places and done a lot of things. I was like, what? <laughs> What's that dude's problem? Wait till yeah. you're... Was that the guy that really liked the like new Metallica record? He actually turned out to be pretty nice. He did, did turn out to be pretty magnetic for a long time after that. <laughs> I feel like that just I guess, makes us look like dicks. <laughs> no, but then we did have the kid who like said that he worked at the Apple store and whenever something got <laughs> fucked up, it was always him. So we just called him Genius Bar. <laughs> I remember I had an intern Genius sitting in Bob. front of me one time and I just thought it'd be funny to just chuck a pair of scissors over the cubicle <laughs> and see what would happen. Oh, God. Yeah, it's weird that none of us were working in office anymore. <laughs> yeah. We had, we had uh, years ago, we had an intern on Fuse. We did this comedy show called Fuse Action News that was, we, we actually got sponsorship for. Very funny show, by the way. Uh, Good luck finding it. it. <clears throat> the web series was the best one. And so we had this intern who was hilarious and he wanted to intern on the show. So whenever there was a sponsor, we would have him sit, you know, behind the desk. It was, it was the fucking daily show making fun of bands. My wife hated it. And <clears throat> we would then hurl the sponsors at him. So if it was like sponsored by Snickers, we would just take like tons of fun size Snickers and just hurl them at this kid. <laughs> and, and one time it was like Duracell batteries. He went, Holy shit. And he like held up a Frisbee while we just chucked double A batteries at this poor kid. <laughs> Guys, if you want to hire us to write and host your TV show, <laughs> me and Steven yes. have lots of free time. Yeah. Brad Quite can, Brad we doesn't. We would enjoy doing it. And they're cheap. 
We're cheap. Brad's probably too busy. You probably can't afford Brad. <laughs> no. No possible way to afford Brad. <laughs> uh, right on. Send us a dollar. God damn it. Oh, yeah. Send us a dollar. Um, support this podcast. Keep our server costs manageable. Um, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Uh, check out the new Mutoid Man record, Bleeder, on Sergeant House. Check them out on the Dillinger Skate Plan tour if those dates haven't happened already. If they have happened already, go back in time and check them out. Oh, and and keep keep your eyes open for a going off track live show. Oh yes, July July twenty fifth, live going off track. Who's going to be there? I don't know because I haven't started booking it yet. I'll be there, (laughs) but Brad and Steven and Mike will be there, (laughs) and I'm sure we always get awesome guests. So um, I'm working on some. All right, I'm not working on it yet. It's too far away. (laughs) I haven't even started thinking about it yet. But uh, but once I start. We're going to get some good guests. So, yeah. It's going to be awesome. July 25th at Union Hall, once again, in, in beautiful Park Slope. Come out. Uh, is that it? That's it. Okay, cool. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. <coughs> All right. Good job, everyone. We are NPR. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.